You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. The Reaper botnet is still quiet, looking like a booter for hire. Bad Rabbit shows some odd stealth and some interesting strategic selectivity. A malicious Chrome extension steals everything you put on a website. Currency miners on phones seem to be the one kind of crime that doesn't pay, but that's not stopping crooks from stuffing them into Google Play. The first indictments in the U.S. probe of Russian election influence operations are out, and a class action suit is filed over the Equifax breach. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, October 30th, 2017. The Reaper IoT botnet remains puzzlingly quiescent. It may also be smaller than initially believed. Security company Checkpoint's tally of a million, widely reported last week, was based on extrapolation from an observed size of 30,000. It's not a bogus number, but it is an extrapolation. Other security firms have come up with lower infection totals. NetLab 360 initially put the total somewhere between 10 and 20,000 devices, now up to nearly 30,000. Radware and Ixia have arrived at numbers similar to NetLab 360's, but the botnet could expand swiftly. NetLab 360 reports observing a queue of about 2 million devices vulnerable to exploitation by a Reaper control server. While most researchers see signs of amateur missteps by Reaper's developers, the botnet's development platform lends itself to attacks other than the expected DDoS. But as things stand, Reaper looks like a booter or stressor service intended for China's domestic DDoS-for-hire black market. That's Arbor Network's assessment, anyway. They've told Krebs on security that, quote, Reaper appears to be a product of the Chinese criminal underground, Some of the general Reaper code is based on the Mirai IoT malware, but it is not an outright Mirai clone. Researchers at Morphus Labs are describing a new malicious Chrome extension that they're calling Catchall. Catchall does what its name suggests. It intercepts and captures all of a user's interactions with sites reached through the browser. Morphus researcher Renato Marinho has details up on the Sands Institute's Internet Storm Center InfoSec Forum. He's been tracking malicious Chrome extensions for some time. This campaign, which has been observed in Portuguese-language emails, fishes its way into victims' machines posing as an email with links to photos sent via WhatsApp. If you follow a link, you'll download a dropper, which will present a bogus Adobe Reader install screen, and at that point, Bob's your uncle, or rather, their uncle, since Catchall will indiscriminately pull in all the data you enter into any website you visit. Security researchers are reporting an odd discovery about Bad Rabbit. FireEye and Silence say the ransomware skips encryption if it detects Dr. Webb antivirus software. Dr. Webb published the same findings. 
Silance thinks it's a stealth measure having to do with the way Dr. Webb protects the master boot record and that Bad Rabbit also keeps an eye out for McAfee products that operate similarly to Dr. Webb's. FireEye thinks it looks fishy and that Bad Rabbit may not be the typical criminal ransomware this spawn of NotPetya would have us think. FireEye's Nick Carr offered some perspective on what they think is up with Bad Rabbit. On the 24th, the company began to detect and block attempts to infect clients with a drive-by download, posing as a bogus flash update. Carr said, quote, The infection attempts were referred from multiple sites simultaneously, indicating a widespread strategic web compromise campaign, end quote. FireEye has been seeing this sort of malicious JavaScript framework in the wild since February of this year, including its usage on several of the sites from today's attacks. According to Carr, quote, this framework acts as a profile that gathers information from those viewing the compromise pages, including host and IP address info, browser info, referring site, and cookie from referring site. Malicious profilers allow attackers to obtain more information about potential victims before deploying payloads. FireEye sees Bad Rabbit's approach as involving strategic web compromises that enable attackers to select targets carefully and cease operations swiftly. Carr explained further, quote, When we say strategic web compromises, this means an attacker hosts malicious code on an unknowing victim's website that is then used to infect the true targets. The websites are carefully selected for compromise so that they will have the most direct reach to the ultimate targets with minimal collateral damage. In the case of Bad Rabbit, many strategic compromises were Eastern European travel and media websites used to then profile visitors and deliver the payload. India's Computer Emergency Response Team has issued a medium security alert for Bad Rabbit, which seems about right. It's not clear that mobile devices have the computational oomph to mine useful amounts of cryptocurrency, but that hasn't stopped the hoods from trying. Trend Micro reports a resurgence of Android miner malware in the Google Play Store. They detect the malware as Android's JS Miner and Android's CPU Miner. They'll run down your battery and degrade performance. In industry news, cybersecurity startup Kryptonite has emerged from stealth, that's Kryptonite with a C, with investment from Gula Tech Adventures and early stage support from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security's Science and Technology Directorate. Kryptonite specializes in helping networks protect themselves by containing infections and blocking lateral movement. U.S. Special Counsel Robert Mueller this morning announced charges against two individuals emerging from the Russian influence probe. Paul Manafort, briefly President Trump's campaign manager during the run-up to the Republican convention, and Manafort's associate Richard W. Gates were indicted by a federal grand jury Friday on 12 counts of conspiracy against the United States, conspiracy to launder money, unregistered agent of a foreign principal, false and misleading FARA statements, false statements, and seven counts of failure to file reports of foreign bank and financial accounts. More indictments are widely expected, and the U.S. Senate and House are moving forward with investigations of activities surrounding political opposition research consultants Fusion GPS. And in civil litigation, as night follows day, so does the plaintiff's bar follow the data breach. A class action lawsuit has been filed against Equifax on behalf of those who suffered identity theft as a result of the Credit Bureau's loss of their personal information. What took you so long, Counselor? 
In the complex world of enterprise identity, securing legacy web apps at scale can be daunting. Strata Identity makes it simple. With Strata, you can effortlessly integrate non-standard apps with any identity service, like MFA or SSO, with zero coding and zero hassle. Designed by identity architects for identity architects, Strata works with every vendor, standard, and app architecture. This means your apps can now speak modern protocols and integrate seamlessly with your chosen identity services. From securing on-prem web apps to migrating away from outdated identity providers or consolidating them, Strata helps you keep your complex access policies as you modernize your identity infrastructure and get rid of technical debt. Join leading organizations like 3M, Dallas County, and CIBC in securing your apps with Strata. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity security priorities, and receive a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Emily Wilson. She's the Director of Analysis at Terbium Labs. Emily, welcome back. Um, you uh, brought to my attention a recent Poneman study uh, on third-party breaches. And um, interesting narrative there. It was sort of uh, not your breach, but it's still your problem. Take us through what we need to know here. Absolutely. The not your breach, still your problem is definitely a topic that keeps coming up again and again. Um, we're seeing, obviously, industry-wide more people looking at uh, and feeling the impacts of data breaches. And typically people are thinking about the, con you know, people are concerned about breaches, you know, hey, is, is this my data? And more specifically, is this my problem? Is this my system? But, you know, companies don't always have the benefit, and call it a benefit, right, of it being something that they can control or they can contain. And Panaman's looking at data around how people are uh, assessing and evaluating not only third party risk, but what they're calling nth party risk the third parties you trust with your data, uh, then who are they sharing that data with? And how can you get control over that? Is it, is it a matter of disclosure? That basically, anyone, anyone you uh, do business with who has access to your data, you require them to tell you who they're going to share the data with and how? That's one approach to it. And Panaman has a, a nice breakdown. I, I would encourage, I know plenty of the listeners are going to be familiar with the Panaman reports. This one's from uh, September this year, uh, Third Party Risk Ecosystem. I'd rec I would recommend reading it. Um, you know, they talk about different ways companies are approaching this, and some of it is in contractual language. Um, but then also, you know, a lot of this relies on a third party disclosing to you that they've had a problem, which means the third party needs to know that they've had a problem. Mm. And that's a, an entirely separate issue. Right. We've got the, I mean, the statistics are sobering there that uh, can take, uh, I, f I don't know what the current number is, but we've certainly heard uh, up to a year uh, before you even know that someone has been inside your system. 
Right. And that ends up showing up in, in this report. Uh, th- only 35% of respondents were confident that a third party would notify them if they'd had a data breach. And that drops down to 11% uh, for an, an nth party, right? Uh, someone outside of a third party. And so when you look at that, if only 35% of the respondents were confident that a third party would share that with them, you know, how does that number drop even further when, you know, again, that's, that's notifying them when they know there's a problem? Are we heading towards this this uh, this time when perhaps the safest approach is just assume that the data has been breached? I wish I could be as optimistic as saying that we are heading toward that time. I think companies need to now assume that they have been breached or that uh, one of their partners has been breached. As we've been seeing, even with a company like Yahoo, you know, we we recently heard that the the number of accounts exposed there was even higher than we originally thought, and that dates back to what 2014. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think we're going to see over the next coming years, we're going to, you know, continue to hear about breaches that people are discovering two or three years later. I, I think you absolutely have to assume that there there has already been or soon will be a problem. All right, Emily Wilson, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.